Welcome back, everyone, for another episode of According to RP on WJMS Radio. It's your girl, Rita Pierre, your host. And as always, I hope you guys are striving, thriving, and surviving in these corona-infested streets. You know, at some point, I'm going to have to find something else to say because I feel like... Um, I feel like I'm almost calling calling on <laughs> the coronavirus. We went from, at least in New York, we went from like, I think 1%. So I think last week my cousin sent me, you know, um, some data, some authentic data that we're increasing to the 2 to 4% margin. And I'm hearing, I think it might have been another friend of mine who sent me some other statistics that the U.S. is leading again in the coronavirus. So I mean, they were talking about a second wave and I'm praying to God that there isn't a second wave or whatever the second wave is, is nothing compared to the first. Um, with that being said, guys, wear your masks. I know that it's hard sometimes, especially when you're with your friends and family. I am guilty of it. Um, unless you know that you're, you guys are practicing the same type of hygiene and the same type of social distancing methods, then yeah, I guess that's fine. But you know, um, a lot of us are still out here in these streets trying to soak up the last bit of summer or, you know, summer, fall. It's been Indian summer, I think, this last weekend here in New York. So a lot of us are still out here in these streets. Um, let's just remember, though, that the corona is still lurking um, and is still in a neighborhood near you. So put on your mask, wash your hands, use your hand sanitizer, social distance, um, you know, especially with strangers. If you could avoid the crowded subways and the buses and whatnot, please do so. Um, so we are fresh off of our 100th episode round of applause. I'm excited to, um, be giving you the 101 episode. <laughs> As I said, the last show, um, according to RP, we're going to be revitalizing a little bit. Those of you who have been faithful from day one know that this show has changed so much from the time that we first started, which is why I wanted to kind of, uh, give a clip of the first ever episode last week so you guys can see a little bit of the growth and the journey. Um, we didn't have any preliminaries when we first started. We didn't have uh, Urban Dictionary Word of the Week. We didn't have uh, the Big Up, the Womp Womp, um, none of that. And so through time and wanting to make this show much more vibrant and much more interesting... We added in these words um, and well, not these words, but we added in these um, these segments. Um, there was another segment that I had introduced. Anybody who can remember this segment, DM me according to RP on Instagram and you will get a prize. There was a segment and this is for the faithful listeners that I had introduced, er I would say early on within the first year of being on this show, maybe even within the first six months, it didn't take too well. Uh, but now that we have a, you know, a larger following and a much more loyal following, maybe I will introduce this, but there's going to be a lot more, um, going on with according to RP. There's a couple of new segments that I do want to introduce. And I think, I think it might work. So definitely continue to keep it locked to according to RP. We're growing, you know, I'm taking a lot of your, uh, in, I guess, question, not questions. I, I'm tired, guys. I'm taking a lot of your suggestions uh, and really incorporating them into the show. So today, I'm not actually going to go into any of the preliminaries uh, because we have a very, very, very special show for you guys. I have two special guests this time. I don't think that I've had more than one guest at one time on this show. I'm not really sure if that's been a thing. If it has, I can't remember. Um, and if it has, the people who were on here, <laughs> no disrespect. I just, my memory fades at times. But I think this is the first time, I know I know for a fact this is the first time I've had a couple 
on this show. Um, and so I have the amazing Stephanie and Jabari Walthour, who is or who are going to be on this show. They're going to talk about um, one being co-authors for, of this amazing book that is set to be released on September 30th entitled The HBCU Experience, North Carolina A&T University Second Edition. Um, but more importantly, I would say they're going to talk about marriage, love and sex. Stephanie is a marriage, family and sex therapist, right? She is the sole owner of the Intimacy Center of Georgia. Meanwhile, Jabari, he is a global leader in the Amazon global specialty fulfillment business. And so their careers are both demanding. But I know that many are thinking, hmm, how is it to be married to a therapist? Or what is it like to be married to a sex therapist, a marriage therapist, and a family therapist? And I was asked, I was talking about the show um, this week with a couple of friends, and that was the main thing that that jumped out at them, especially my guy friends. They were like, huh, how, how, how is Jabari handling this situation? Um, so I think that when you guys listen to the interview, you guys will thoroughly enjoy it. I mean, I know that I had a blast. They are both such vibrant individuals, such fun-loving individuals. And I think you guys are going to learn something because I definitely learned a lot from this episode. So to make sure that there is enough time that I keep your interests, we've been having some long episodes um, these last couple of weeks. So this week, I don't want to drag it um, you know, too, too long. So I'm going to cut out the preliminaries. But next week, next week, be in store for some new stuff on According to RP. So with that being said, everyone, we are on to the meat of our show. All right, everyone, I'm here with my very special guests, Jabari and Stephanie. Please say hello. Oh, hey, Rita. Thanks for having us. You're welcome. You know, this is actually, I think, the first time I've had a couple on the show at the same time. Oh, wow. Yes. This is going to be interesting. I don't know if you want us to be your first one, girl. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, we had a little, a little conversation prior to. I like the vibe so far. So <laughs> you, know when to push, you know when to push cut, okay? <laughs> oh, man. So thank you so much for, um, you know, being on this show. I, I already anticipated being a very interesting, a very high energy and informative show. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so let's get started um, by both of you telling us a little bit about who you are individually. Can you start, baby? Sure, sure. So Jabari Walthour, um, I currently work at Amazon. Uh, I've been in the government consultant field for a while before I moved over to Amazon for about a year. I actually just made a year at Amazon yesterday. Um, at Amazon, I support global specialty fulfillment, and I support the safety analytics team. Um, so just making sure that all the uh, the data that will give us insights to whether or not somebody's uh, being injured when, when they're going to get your packages is uh, the main thing that I work on. So uh, that's been fun, been a fun ride. Okay. Um, so on to you, Steph, what do you do? Well, clearly you can see Jabari is way more important than I am. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he said Amazon, and I know most I, yeah. of the listeners, We, I mean, Amazon, it makes a trip at my house at least once a week. Listen, yeah. so they- <laughs> we, thank you, we thank you for your support. Yeah, so they, everyone loves him. They, you know, he's way more important and do way more yeah. important things than I do. Um, but I am Stephanie, and I'm a marriage, family, and sex therapist here in Atlanta. Um, I've been doing this work for quite some time now. Love my job. Love what I'm able to do. I'm naturally just working within mental health field. Mm. I'm within the social work field, but now specifically um, working in sexual health. Um, I really enjoy that. So that's kind of me. Um, we have two amazing little boys. 
ladies, uh, BJ and Stefan. BJ is our 10-year-old that wakes up every morning with how can I piss my parents off. (laughs) Stefan is our three-year-old, will be four next month. I can't believe it. Um, But as our three-year-old, I call him my sour patch um, because he is so lovey, so huggy, so kissy, but will like smack you the next moment, Rita. I promise you, it's like, it's, 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 it's crazy, yo. Um, but our world um, revolves around them. Clearly, we are nothing. Um, we are not cute. We are not cool. We don't know anything. We are with BJ and Stefan's parents. That's exactly who that's, we are. That's who we are. So <laughs> we, that's, work we work for them. We work, we work for, them. for them. Actually, right now, they're supposed to be asleep, um, but we've had to bribe them upstairs for the next hour so we can participate on, on the podcast. So wow. once again, we work for them. That's all. We work for I them. I see. <laughs> I love how you said Sour Patch because I use that with regards to people in general. Like, oh, this oh, person's okay. a Sour Patch and people are looking at me like, what is that? Um, it is a real thing. I sometimes say reverse sour patch because, you know, they're sweet at first and then they become sour. Mm. Um, yeah, you know, sometimes. Instead of sour and sweet. I can see yeah. that. That's a yeah. good description. I like that. <laughs> Keep that in mind for the children. Though. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh, man. So it sounds like you guys have your hands full. A 10-year-old, a 3-year-old. Mm, sounds yeah. like a lot sounds like a lot and it's you know it's interesting because you're a family therapist mm-hmm. so i am interested how does that work with the kids like are they old enough to 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 feel like there is a difference <laughs> like they're being you know analyzed oh my gosh funny enough so that bj one that one that wakes up every morning well, how can I <laughs> him you know he'll say certain things like oh gosh you come mom therapy me oh, you know wow. <laughs> You know, he's writing a paper in class and they're talking about, what was it, healthy mindset or something like that? Healthy mindsets. Mom, this isn't therapy. I don't have to answer it like that. I mean, so he is really, really getting into it. Um, When it comes to the sex therapy piece, though, I have to be honest, Rita, I was a little nervous um, because I come from a very Christian background, Bible belt. You know, you don't talk about sex. You don't do it. Um, And then even with now with my own child, it's like, how am I? going to handle this. I know what I've read. I know what I believe. Um, I don't want to expose him to anything too soon, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, so really trying to balance that out. Jabari and I talked about it years ago. What would that look like? Um, and just being honest, you know, fourth and first and foremost, mommy is a therapist. Mommy, um, is a mental health therapist. I'm a family therapist. So I see people that are sad. I see people that cry a lot. I see people, um, that may have lost a mom or dad, or, you know, they're struggling with that. I also see mommy and daddies together. And sometimes when they're arguing and fighting, mommy helps them out. Um, and then when it comes to the sex therapy piece, because I have to be honest, I promote a lot. So I wear shirts that says sex therapist, you know, um, <laughs> the dope sex therapist. Follow me on IG, y'all. And so I had to be honest about what that was, you know. So mommy is a sex therapist also, but that's something that mommy and daddies do. Um, or that is something that you do when you're older. Or you, what? you know, it might help. If you kind of tell them how you got into doing oh, sex therapy. Yeah, I think I, made, I'm following you. Kind made of. you start doing it. Yeah. And so starting out just as a marriage and family therapist, mental health, love that, right? Um, but I did passion parties. So I'm not sure if you guys remember. I've heard parties. of them. I've never had the pleasure. And that's exactly what it is. <laughs> But it was like the old like sex toys and things like that. And funny enough, when I first started it, I was a stay-at-home mom. So I was not working. I had just had BJ. I wasn't in school. Um, and I told, I had started looking it up. I don't know why. I think I wanted to do a sex party or something. Mm-hmm. I started looking it up and seeing that you can have this job as that or whatever. And I would never forget. I don't know where we were, but we were traveling somewhere and we were in the car. And I brought it up to Jabari. <laughs> and I was like, babe, I really think I want to do this. I think I want to sell these toys. Because ladies would come in the room and sign the no, order. No, 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 no. We're not, this is just me selling a toy. Oh, yeah, yeah. This and he good. looked me dead in my face and he said, I mean, that's cool and the money sound good, but I don't want my wife to be the nasty lady. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and that did so. And so just being. I wish we had a therapist back then. Right. This was a tension point. That was a very tension point. Like, I can see that. <laughs> to get over. But being BJ's mom, I was just not going to let that one go because you're not going to just tell me no, right? (laughs) But finally, you know, presenting to him in different type of ways, he finally agreed to it. I started selling the toys and just thinking something fun for some extra money. 
Rita, you would not believe how many women, because after we would do the presentation and show you all these toys and oil mm-hmm. and all this stuff, and people are like, ooh, I want this, I want that. But one of the rules of this company was you had to have a separate room where you did private ordering. So basically, okay. you would come into this room and you would say, hey, Stephanie, I want this toy, I want this cream. or And, and it's just to be private. You know, you don't want nobody all in your mm-hmm. business what you're taking home. You would not realize how many women came in that back room and poured their hearts out. You know, Stephanie, I want to be intimate with my partner, but I don't know how to. You know, I love my partner so much, but we can't get on the same page when it comes to intimacy. Stephanie, I've never had an orgasm. Stephanie, I'm scared of sex. Stephanie, you know, and they telling me this stuff like I am queen sex person and I didn't know shit myself, right? (laughs) I don't know if I could. It's okay. It's okay. It's an open platform. I didn't know this stuff myself. And so that's what birthed this idea of, hey, how do I learn more about this? And so at this point, I'm already in my master's degree, already in marriage family, but they didn't talk a lot about sex, but this pushed me a little bit more because I was continuing to have these conversations. And I'm talking about with doctors and dentists and teachers and preachers, wives and all. Oh, wow. Not yes. the first lady. Yes. The first lady, the first honey. Lady. The first lady. But it was this huge caliber of women that was saying, Hey, I want to do this with my husband, but no one has talked to me about this. Mm-hmm. What is an actual healthy sexual relationship? Furthermore, there were so many women that had experienced so much trauma mm. when it comes to sex. And now I don't have this healthy sexual life. How do I get it back on track? So that was my reason for kind of going that avenue. And so Rita, when I tell you I stand behind this career so strong and I stand up in front of my son proud of the type of work that I do. So I'm not ashamed to be like, mm, I mean, you know, the nasty lady like your daddy's talking <laughs> <laughs> you know, but I really do. Um, I know this is a passion. I know this is a God's gift it's that He has given me. This, this is this is my gift. This is my gift to the world that God has given me because God gave us sex. Yes. <laughs> it's yes. a gift, yes. you know, for our relationships. And so I believe that this is His work that I'm doing. Honestly, now y'all preachers don't call me after this, but I <laughs> it's your ministry. <laughs> And this is my ministry. So that that wraps all that up. Sorry if I took too long on that. Oh, no. I mean, I, I enjoy the the explanation because I think that a lot of people um, were probably wondering, hmm, like, how does one get to the, you know, to this point where they're like, I'm a sex therapist. And it's interesting how you, how you talked about the passion party being the root, because I've, I've never been to one for whatever reason, whenever they were presented, I was never able to attend. Mm-hmm. Um, but I know a lot of professional women who did, you know, attend them and they talked about them and they threw them, you know, they said, I'm going to throw one. I have somebody who can sell <laughs> toys. Those parties, you know, yeah. like a party. Oh, come buy this stuff. It ain't nothing nasty going on. Ain't no strippers or nothing. You know, <laughs> it really is a presentation, you know, and they're presenting this so stuff. So you say. Oh, Jafar. But you yeah, know, I mean, I can't confirm this, Stephanie, because I ain't never been. <laughs> I am telling oh, you, I'm telling you, it is clean fun. It is. <laughs> it is. You know, Rita, that's one of the things I say. You know, before, um, before I got married, it was don't have sex, don't have sex, don't yeah. have. Sex don't have sex. When I got married, it was sex, 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 sex. And it was like, yo, wait a minute. Where is the balance here? You know, Mm -hmm. no one is talking about healthy sexual relationships and healthy sexual things. And so that is really my passion. I want to normalize it. I want us to know that it is okay to talk about it. We should not be ashamed of these things. Um, That's just that. Well, I want to actually ask a question to Jabari with respect to that, because, you know, when people, I mean, a lot of women, when they think about sex toys in general, it's automatic, eh, taboo, I don't really know. But then I find that a lot of men, when they, you know, when their woman have presented them with the idea of toys, they take it as, are you challenging my manhood? Are you saying that I'm not performing? Like, What's your uh, viewpoint when it comes to this world of, of, of toys? You know, I mean, for a male, from a male perspective, because I know a lot of men are so offended, even if you mention it. I'll talk about, I guess, the, the, the process, because that's what it is. It's really a process. Mm-hmm. I mean, initially, when she, when she first even started talking about selling sex, sex toys, I was like, <laughs> uh, I don't think I want my wife to be doing that. <laughs> and so then it goes from there to 
hey, I'm going to be bringing home some sex toys to try. And I'm like, wait, whoa. <laughs> what kind of sex toys are you talking about here? <laughs> Am I involved? <laughs> you know, are these personal toys? Um, but, you know, you, you know, over time, you kind of you kind of come around to the idea. Mm-hmm. Uh, there are definitely some things that are just a, just a hell no. But uh, there, there there are some things that kind of spice it up. I mean, marriage, marriage is, you know, 100 years of, of sex with the same person, hopefully. Um, and so, you know, you got to keep it entertaining. Mm-hmm. Um, and so my I, I, I guess hindsight 2020, looking back on it, you know, was a good thing to keep it spicy. Because there are, if I can jump in there, there mm-hmm. are a, a lot of people think sex toys, they think the big mandingo. No, sis, don't take that in there. That that does not go in there. <laughs> that does not go in your room with your with your partner. No, you would <laughs> uh-uh. Yeah, no. Yeah, no. That's, that's, that's the hell no. Yeah, that, that's the hell no. That don't go in there. But there, and I think that's what I learned so much, Rita, is so much stuff out there that we don't know about. Mm-hmm. Like there is a whole line of couples toys. There's a whole line of toys of a piece that you put, you know, in your panties and he has the, he has the remote control. Wait to now, it. wait now, don't tell everybody. I, I've heard, I've heard about that. You know, the t- <laughs> I said, I watch a lot of TV. I've heard yeah. about this, this yeah, remote thing. It's a real thing. It's a real thing. It's a toy that you can put inside of the vagina that the penis can go in there as well. So he gets stimulation as well as you and your clitoris. Like they are real things. And so it's a lot lot of enjoyment that we don't know about that we haven't been exposed to mm-hmm. but i go into why haven't we been exposed to it because we were told those things were bad you're and the devil. Were nasty and you're going to be a hoe if you do this mm-hmm. and bring it in my bedroom and so it's when we can really sit down have those open conversations really talk about it it's like oh wait a minute this is for both of us not just for me Mm. Yeah, there's there's really a lot of just negative stigma around sex. And I think especially with people of color, we've kind of brought that on, like we've carried that on generation after generation. And you had mentioned something that earlier that really um, struck me, you know, a lot of uh, women who are saying they've never had orgasms. And I find that it's very, very common that women are like, we just, you know, or there's only that one position that they can do that they know, okay, well, if I do this, it'll happen. But after that, it will not happen. So there's a lot of frustration going on in the community. And um, (laughs) jump in right there. You know, people Mm -hmm. fire me all the time because I get up here and I get on my my soapbox of of the myth of the G-spot. Mm. Where, where the heck is this thing at? One and one diameter is up. And if you go right and turn to the back, you know, that's where it is. It's like this just magical place. But if you look at it from an anatomy standpoint, there is no extra tissue. There's no extra muscle. There's no dots right there. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, this vagina is, it, it is no button. It, it, it is not that. But what, what is there is the clitoris. And the clitoris has over 6,000 nerve endings right there in that one space. And so a lot of times what's happening with penetration is that the penetration, the penis is missing the clitoris. You know, and so I need the clitoral stimulation during those times so that I am still getting stimulated while the penis is inserted. And so um, one of the things that people, if you really look at it and we looked at some statistics, I read something that says 76% of women cannot orgasm off of penetration alone. Yes. Think that about is, that. That's that. I mean, I'm not a statistician, but you know, just from the conversations. Think about mm-hmm. that number, 76% of women. Mm-hmm. And so, but what are we taught? We're taught that if you really love your, your spouse, you would be nothing all day off of you. <laughs> so and, you mean to tell me only one in every four women is being pleased at it? No, Mercy. And no, 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 no. And that's why we have to change the language because it doesn't mean I'm not being pleased. Mm-hmm. And that's what we walk around thinking. We walk around, the man walks around thinking I'm not pleasing her. The woman walks around thinking I'm not good enough and something is wrong with my body. Why can't mm-hmm. I know the shit that's on this porn. Did you watch? I watched you porn. You YouTube porn the other day. Like, why this ain't happening the same way that? Oh, it's called Pornhub. Oh, Pornhub, whatever. But why is this not happening? Did you say YouTube porn? <laughs> I'm trying, Rita. I'm trying here. Okay. <laughs> why is that? Why it doesn't look that way? And mm-hmm. it's seventy six percent of us that's in the same boat. Like, uh, 
Why can't this happen for me? And so what are those things that we can do that we can both orgasm at the same time? If that's your goal, right? Mm-hmm. Let me focus on the clitoral stimulation as my partner is penetrated with me. So that way I am building this orgasm at the same time he's building his orgasm, but recognizing that my orgasm is going to come from clitoral stimulation. I think orgasming at the same time, that's like sex 303. Mm-hmm. You know, one-on-one is just getting everybody to have orgasm. Let's You're just start right. there. Mm-hmm. You're right. You know, You're and right. then we can move on to trying to time it at the same time. I mean, let's, let's do one for you. You're right. Two. But I think because what we have been taught is that you are going to orgasm while yes. I'm penetrating you. Mm-hmm. So you see what I'm saying? Yeah, like, so if I, yeah. I just jump in there and I start bang, 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 you should be having a nut at some point. What, what Bernie Mac say? Bust a nut. You know, yeah. like, <laughs> bust a nut at some point. And when that's not happening, we're left there. You know, and so we have to, so that's what I do with sex therapy. Rita, I do a lot of workshops and things like that with different groups. And that's one of the first things I come out and say, because I want to normalize, hey guys, this isn't happening. And so what, what are the things that we can do? Let's, let's all create some ideas and let's talk about some things that we can do to make sure that we are reaching that orgasm. Yeah, let's stop putting so much pressure on the man. Right, and but I also yeah. want the man to know that necessarily it's not going to happen like that because he thinks and that's where the pressure comes that, from. Yeah, really, because he feel thinks, that it's all on him. Yeah, too. he mm-hmm. oh, she did not Get like. That. No, it happens a different way. Not what you've been taught these last thirty years. They lied, man. They lied. And I think that's so important what you guys are saying because these are real scenarios where a guy is like. You know, borderline like, I mean, am I, I mean, is this not good enough for you? Because you didn't, you didn't, you know, orgasm yet. And then you have women who are just like, my goal is to make sure that he, you know, orgasms or else if he doesn't, that means A, he's been sleeping with somebody else or two, (laughs) two, I'm not good enough. Like there's all these theories, like this, all this analysis is happening in the bedroom and and neither party knows. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. That's exactly what it is. We're there. Interesting. All right. Well, I th- I mean, I feel like I mean, we definitely have to get you back on the show to to get more in depth with this because I'm like, wow. <laughs> yeah. The knowledge. The knowledge. Oh man. So aside from being the sex therapist, obviously you are a marriage therapist as well, and so I kind of want to get you know get into that a little more as especially as you both are a married couple, you know, Jabari, how is it being married to a marriage therapist? Like, like how, what is your life looking like? Cause somebody is thinking, you know what, there must be scrutiny happening every day. There must be psychoanalyzing happening every day. Like, do you feel like your son BJ? <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's the, it's the gift and the curse. I say the gift is my sex life is not born. <laughs> oh. Okay. Amen to that. Amen to that. Thank you. That's a compliment. Yeah. A public one at that. (laughs) Okay. Ooh, I flipped my pearls. The the, the curse is I lose most arguments. Ah. She's got all this book knowledge. I mean, she's got a master's in this stuff, man. She's got all this additional knowledge to apply. So it's it's not too much I can come back with to state my case and... (laughs) And get the judge hey, to, to rule in my favor. What's our favorite joke now? Like, so, so your mama. Like, yeah, that's all I got at the end. At the end, that's all I got. Like, when you done staying the case, I'm like, your mama. Man, Rita, you it. remember you back in high school? Yeah, let's you, I've used your mama, at the, I've used your mama a couple times. And yo, then mama, when I realized how hard it is. Like, like, so, shoot. Don't you always that's, leave that's her Like, that's, that's, that's our going joke. Like, so your mama. Like, when you ain't got nothing else to say, your mama is. <laughs> That's all I got. <laughs> so Jabari, tell me what some of the blessings are then, and then we can get to what some of the curses are. <laughs> some of the blessed things are that she has several techniques in her arsenal to kind of use and help us get through certain hurdles. Okay. Um that you know most women wouldn't have or most wives wouldn't have. Um that's definitely uh a, a blessing there. Just the insight. And then there's also Heard seeing so many different clients and hearing so many different stories um, from from marriage couples, you know, it it really kind of it's almost like a scared straight. 
type of type of moment that she has every time she goes and hear horror stories from certain clients and she comes home and she goes, Oh shit, my relationship ain't nowhere near that bad. You know, my <laughs> husband is actually okay, you know, and so um it just it's kind of it kind of makes her go, hey, you know, this this thing is is, is nowhere near, you know, what I thought it was. Um mm. so those are just some of the things that that she kind of adds to to the relationship from her from her academic knowledge. I think also if I can add, um, it made me change a lot. You know, like it, it made me, you know, from my upbringing and, you know, rough around the edges and attitude mm-hmm. and just whatever, you know, I ain't, I ain't got to talk to you about nothing. Forget you. You know, it really made me sit and communicate and yeah. push yeah. through and, and be empathetic and really try to see how he feels, you know, and really understand versus being understood, you know, like, okay, let me, yeah, I got attitude. Yeah. You pissed me off, but let me really slow down and hear what you're saying and and really try, you know, um, I agree. I mean, you know, marriage, marriage maturity. Yeah. um, And so, you know, being able to leverage some of those different couple experiences, Mm-hmm. She gets something out of it too, as she's yep. counseling other couples. She's definitely gaining something mm-hmm. for to take Absolutely. home and apply to her, to Absolutely. her marriage. So mm-hmm. mutually beneficial. It. Absolutely. Okay. Well, what about some of the curses, Jabari? Mm-hmm. Well, you know what, Rita, it was nice talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you was really nice. I thought we bonding. <laughs> Uh, I mean, you know, we have a little bit of transparency oh, here, you know. Oh, <laughs> you know, when you've got so much knowledge and theory, and mm-hmm. um, I mean, all these all these books that you've read that say, "Hey, you should handle this scenario like such," mm-hmm. and then there's actually applied knowledge, which is real life experience that says, "Hey, I've been in that same situation. That shit don't work." You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm always kind of battling theory. Give her a perfect example. What's what's a good example? The kids. <laughs> that is the girl. Man. That that's why we go to therapy right there. The kids. <laughs> now listen. We'll get to that later. <laughs> now okay. I'm a dad, which means that I was once a boy. Mm-hmm. So I understand little boys, and I've got two of them. And I understand, especially a little Jabari, mm. because I am one. That's BJ. Yeah, that's BJ. <laughs> and I understand Stefan. But so just growing up, you know, I've always had like a, a smart mouth, quick wit. You know, I, I I shoot it right back at you the same way you give it back to me. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how my 10-year-old is. Um, and so, you know, there, there's certain things that I understand about him that she doesn't, you know, but she's, she always is trying to apply the theory to him. Hey, if you know, you, if, if you just talk to him softer, <laughs> he will respond in that way. And so I, I try, I, I, you know, I start off with, with the soft speech. Hey son, can you pick up your clothes? Hey son, pick up your drawers. Hey son, pick up your drawers. Son, I done told you four times to get them drawers out the floor. Okay. So then we get into it and she goes, Hey, why are you yelling? I said, because all the soft times, all the book knowledge that I applied to him, he didn't respond. You know, he only responds to that firmness, that toughness. Oh, you serious about this dad. And that, and that, that tone kind of helps him move, but we, we're constantly battling back and forth between what I've lived in my life as a boy as mm-hmm. a part versus what she studied as yeah. a therapist. Yeah. Uh, makes one. Understand that. Yeah, yeah. That, that, that is number <laughs> one beef. <laughs> I can understand that. I could totally understand that. I mean, particularly being, you know, I have a, a 13 year old son. And so sometimes, you know, I think I try to apply what I think is, you know, acad- <laughs> academic, 
academic <laughs> knowledge to him. Meanwhile, it's like, this isn't working. Yeah. Like, he doesn't respond to academics at the training. It's like, you know, I need to go back to, like, you know, I don't know. Uh, back to the Haitian mama you was back talking about. Back to the Haitian, yeah. yeah. Back to, like, you know, who wrote this book? Like, yeah, who, who, wrote who wrote it? Like, wrote are it. they even a parent? Yeah, you're right. They might not be using a parent, at least not a black parent. <laughs> <laughs> Have they parented my they, child before? They've never met BJ. They've okay. never met <laughs> You need to put out your own parenting book I about think I, your I, child. I think I am. Like, I think I'm going to write a book about You it. might have to, because it, it's, it's a real, yeah. That's black boy, because it's real. And I think it's a real struggle, like, you know, when we're talking about marriage, right, how, you know, I could understand uh, Jabari's point where he's like, listen, I, I've been a boy before, so I kind of know what I'm talking about here. And then, you know, you being the mother who's like, well, like, let's let's apply. Let's apply these. I read that once you yell at them, <laughs> you know, they and are, and they, you know, too. he's trying to say this and you should just, yeah. So yeah. That, is a, yeah. that is still a constant struggle for yeah. us. Parenting it is. And, and you get into the respect levels. You get into, mm-hmm. if, if you respect me, you'll just shut up and let me handle this. And it's like, well, if you respect me, you will let me talk. I don't and say shut up. You don't say shut up. Okay? But <laughs> for the record. Yeah, for the record. Yeah, I say shut up. Yeah, I <laughs> Um, but it's like, but I feel like, well, if you respect me, you would say, okay, well, this may work. So let me try my life's way, you know? So mm-hmm. that is definitely a, that's definitely the struggle of the the profession versus, you know. The sweet spot is, is learning how to use both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, and for, I think, and sure. that's what we both do well. Like, I think I got with BJ this morning because, of course, we're homeschooling and that's the whole mm-hmm. thing. And I, and I think Jabari was upstairs and BJ, he's been working on his paper, supposed to been working on his paper all week. The teacher logs on today at eight o'clock and she says the paper is due at 845. Immediately he was, mom, I'm going to fail. <laughs> now I've been telling this boy all week to work on this paper, right? Rita? <laughs> and so, okay, I'll be down in five minutes, right? So I brush my teeth, get Melissa together real quick, come down. Okay, let's go. You know, and he, well, I don't know what I got to do. And I'm like, well, you got to figure it out. But it, and, he, and I was like, listen, are you going to cry for the next 20 minutes? And you go, right. <laughs> Jabari, when I went upstairs, Jabari was like, get in there, coach. Like, he was so hyped. <laughs> That's what I'm talking about. And I was like, <laughs> That's tough love. <laughs> it was what it was. It was like, I've been telling you all week, BJ, you need to write the paper. No, nah, she said we had to do it today. All right, That's my son. Yeah. I, I, right, I ain't going to beat up on him, but my kid is a habitual yeah. line oh, stepper. He like, he oh. likes to see what the line is and he puts his toe on oh, it. Mm-hmm. So, and every, every day. So if, yeah, you, yeah. if you're not willing to push that toe back, yeah. oh, run off <laughs> off. he's a straight-A kid. I mean, he just is. But he going to try it to oh, the end. That's him. So that is our piece. But, yes, we have both learned all that to say. We've learned the middle we're both learning the middle. There's way more times that Jabari is just way patient with him and knows when he's emotional and knows how to be soft. And then there's times where I know when to be tougher with him. Like, yep, mm-hmm. no, we're not doing that. You're not going to sit here and cry for these 20 minutes. We'll get this damn paper done because I'm tired. It was raining all night. Let's go. Like, You know, I'll I bring this point up, too, because this is a, a huge talking point in Black America. Mm-hmm. But my wife was able to kind of help me see the other side of spanking. Mm-hmm. We don't. We don't. I definitely, I'm definitely not as physical with him as I, mm-hmm. as I was when, mm-hmm. you know, his first three or four years in life. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and now I'm really, I'm really way more focused on trying to warp his psychology. You know, I'm, I'm trying to get in his head and, and retrain his train of thought. Yeah, um, and so he's going to have to sit here and listen to his lecture because <laughs> mom session. Yeah. Hey, I don't care. You about to get all <laughs> three thousand words he'll be in this essay. Like, can, you, can you just whoop me, Daddy? Can you just whoop me? Nope. Listen, that's how I was. I'm like, I don't want to hear the lecture. Just let me go get the switch for you. Nope. Nope. <laughs> yep. he'd be like, he'd be like, we're gonna take your video games for the week. No, just whoop me, please. Like he be begging, <laughs> whoop yeah. me, please. I get it over with quick and nope. <laughs> yeah, he, he hasn't had a whooping in about two years, yeah. maybe. Okay, okay. Now he's deserved it. Yeah, yeah. No, no, no. About, about once a month. Yeah. Oh man. So I would imagine that, um, you know, with all of this is sometimes you would feel like, man, we need, we need therapy. But some people would say, well, why would you guys go to therapy? If you know, one, my wife is a marriage therapist and two, 
you know, people think that you, you, you seek marriage therapy when things have hit the fan, right? When you're on the verge of a breakup or a divorce. But I mean, is that, is that the case? No. Um, so I am an advocate for therapy. Um, I believe one of my favorite therapists is Spirit. She's always on like Ricky Smiley and she does some other shows, but I would never forget one time she says, if your therapist does not have a therapist, you need a new therapist. Mm. And that just rang home with me. And when I heard her, that speech or that statement made me personally get back into therapy and not that anything was wrong. It's like you're going to your OB. It's like you're going to your primary care. It's like you're going to um, your gym. Um, It is a part of your self-care. We all need that checkup. We all need that tune-up. You take your car in for a tune-up, you all need to kind of go in and get that emotional tune-up. And it doesn't mean anything is wrong. And I want you guys to hear that over and over again. Nothing is wrong. I just need to go get my checkup. I need to make sure everything is okay. Check, 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 check. Um, And one thing love about therapists, we really help you understand, like, why do I react the way that I do? Why do I say the things I say? Why, why am I affected the way that I am about A, B, C, or D? Um, and so that that is just a piece of everyone needs to go and get their own individual therapy. But then in relationships, Jabari and I love it. And we have a therapist, honey, and we log in every month. We check them on in here. We have, you know, and even as a therapist, because guess Shout what? Shout out to Dr. G. Yeah, Dr. G is a girl. But as a therapist, I need somebody to call me on my shit sometimes, Rita. Because listen, I think I know everything. Honey, one time I told Jabari, I was like, you need to go read a book. You need to read this. Dr. G was like, Stephanie, you did not say that. And you cannot. (laughs) Like, she ripped me a whole new asshole. And I was like, you haven't read anything on that. Why do you think you know that? (laughs) She ripped me a new one. But I needed somebody else to tell me that. Because that's not the way that you speak to your husband, period. Mm -hmm. And sometimes you need someone from the outside to say, that isn't right. You know, and and I mean, and it's just, think about it, your toolbox. Rita, we should all have a toolbox in our house when the lights go out. We should all have a toolbox in our house when something gets loose. And so in, 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 in relationships, you need that toolbox when something is loose. You know, you need to be able to go in there. Like when we get into that argument, I need to know how to handle this argument. We may, we may not be in an argument this week when we go see Dr. G, but if that argument come next week, I'm going to know how to say, okay, let me just walk away. Let me, let me say the eyes, you know, I felt like (laughs) you, it made me feel, you know, and we practice those things so that when those moments come up, we have those tools. So that's my spiel on therapy. What's yours, babe? Yeah. I mean, it's really about wellness, you know, Mm. wellness is a continual process. You can't just pick and choose your spots. You got to kind of always be doing it. I mean, if you just pick and choose when you want to go to the gym, you'd never be as fit as you want it to be. Mm, that's true. Um, and so, you know, it's just got to be an ongoing thing. It's the same way in, in marriage. You know, if you if you wait until something's really wrong mm. to go, oh, man, it, it, it can almost be what they call it, uh, irreconcilable. Mm-hmm. Irreconcilable differences. I mean, you, you get too close to that. You don't want to flirt with, you know, the gates of divorce. You, you want to kind of, you know, keep this thing... I mean, at most, you know, maybe take a dial back to meet him, but you want to kind of stay on a high note. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so, you know, seeing a therapist is a, is a great part of that. I mean, it's like having a having a mediator, somebody to kind of referee and, and keep everything wholesome. Now, I'm not going to, I'm going to keep it real. You know, sometimes you get out of those therapy sessions and you hot. Now, don't, don't talk about the therapy session. This is a word of advice. Do not talk about the session right after you get out of the session. Okay. Okay, walk it off. <laughs> Take a break. Hey, walk it off. Talk about what we're going to eat tonight. Walk it what off. What the kids got this week. Let mm-hmm. it simmer, mm-hmm. you know, and then come back to it after you kind of really internalize what your therapist just said to you. Because mm-hmm. it, it's not healthy. Um, so, yeah, I mean, it, it's great, but I, I definitely think it's, it's a part of wellness and, and just has to uh, be a part of your upkeep. In your marriage. Yeah. Okay. So you guys go once a week, once a month, once every other month? Once a month. Yeah. I'll say okay. Once a month. 
Okay. That's good. That's good. And I, I like, I like the fact that, you know, you talked about how it's kind of like a tune up. You likened it to a toolbox because I think a lot of people, particularly within the black community, and I'm, I'm wondering if it's more so because we're just so not, you know, there yet when it comes to therapy, we're still trying to get people to see individualized therapists. Um, that, you know, when we think about marriage and we think about therapy, a lot of people say, okay, well, when, you know, we do marriage counseling in the beginning or leading up to, right, leading up to marriage. And then once you get married, it's like, all right, we do marriage uh, therapy or counseling when we are thinking about divorce. Mm-hmm. And we yep. want to save mm-hmm. the marriage. Yep, that, that I, is I think real. I think culturally, a big part of it is, is the religious factor. I mean, black people naturally... Mm-hmm. Um, are huge Christians, you know. Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of, you know, Jesus is gonna work this out, mm-hmm. or I'm gonna pray my way through. Mm-hmm. And you and you can do that. That is a technique, but it is not the holistic solution. It's a mm-hmm. part of the solution. Mm-hmm. Um, so you definitely need prayer, but you need to talk to somebody to actually know it is what they're talking about. You're not going to just sit at home. If you're having a heart attack. If you're having a heart attack, you're not going to sit at home and just pray. You're going to go to the doctor and pray. Yeah. So yeah. It, it's, I, I think that's a huge part of it for our culture. Yeah, I agree. The other part I also want to just bring up is insurance, Rita. Mm-hmm. Like, I accept insurance. <laughs> like, <laughs> we are medical professionals. So Blue Cross, Aetna, Cigna, TRICARE, <laughs> we are all of those. Like, so you use your insurance and a lot of people don't even realize that. They don't. The same copay, that little $20 copay, you go to see Dr. Brown, you can come over here and see Stephanie for the $20. Like, <laughs> and your insurance pays it. And, and, and it's here. So whoever is in your network, they pay for your family therapy. They pay for your they're individual therapy. Yeah, they're a little slow, but you know. <laughs> But really, look, look, look them up. Like it is, it is such a needed thing. Such, such a needed thing. Yeah, no, I think that's a very important thing to because I, I think in the beginning most people saw therapy as a luxury item, right? Yeah. Only yeah. if you can afford it out of pocket would you go to yeah. a therapist. But mm-hmm. I'm really glad that you you made that point that it is something that's covered by insurance. Because guess what? When you are stressed, when you are depressed, guess what that turns into a physical mm-hmm. issue at that mm-hmm. point. Did you ever see your grandma say, girl, you're going to give yourself a heart attack. You're going to have yourself a stroke. That's a serious thing. Your blood is restricted when you have anxiety and you have depression and you have this stress. Like, it's just like your blood is not flowing mm-hmm. the way that it should to your heart. Mm-hmm. It's an actual chemical imbalance happening in your brain when you are suffering from depression, y'all. Like, this is real stuff. Yeah. And we don't see it until it's too late. Go get your checkup. Look on. So one of my people, if I can just throw this plug out here, yes. I love, um, God, what is it? Uh, black, uh, black, ther- black girls therapy. Oh gosh. Um, I'm gonna have to look it up, but, um, okay. they're one of my favorite ones. Um, and then psychology today is a good one, but even just your insurance agencies. Mm-hmm. Um, so if you're on Aetna, just go to Aetna and say, I want, um, a therapist, you know, marriage and family therapist. And then they'll, it, you know, it'll pop up the therapist that's in your area. That's, um, that's even in your network. And so they'll mm-hmm. tell you how much they charge. And this website is therapy for black girls. One of my favorite okay. websites. Therapy for Black girls. Um, so definitely do that one as well. Okay. Any, any other Black couple struggling out there with just whether or not they should go to therapy? Um, the, the book I like to recommend is just to read uh, Charlemagne's oh, Shook yeah. One. Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. Charlemagne talks about how he regularly speaks with his therapist. Mm-hmm. Um, some of the things that he's battled as far as depression and anxiety. Um, but he just really open, opens up and, and makes it plain. I mean, the audio book is, is great because it's him doing it. Um, but it's a, it's a great book. Great read. Yeah. And just some, think of, I mean, really think about like, what does that think? What does that feel like? You ever have those moments you just don't want to get out of bed? Oh, you, all the time. You're just right. But when it gets <laughs> really, really low and Rita, you physically can't get out of the bed. Mm-hmm. You physically can't roll over and take a shower. You can't go cook for your kids, you know, or that anxiety is so bad. Every time you step up, your heart feels like it is about to jump out of your, out of your chest. Mm -hmm. You know, you're starting to sweat and you're just like, oh, I can't, can't." that, that is serious. And what we say, girl, you are right. You just nervous. Mm -hmm. 
<laughs> no, sis. No. You know, so really, really, y'all, really reach out. Get those tools for your toolbox. Look at some of those links. So therapy for black girls, psychology today, or just your insurance that you have. Just hit behavior health and they'll show you anybody within a five mile radius to you. You can catch about. Also, I would I'll give you guys my information at the end. Yes. Um, but I also have some recommendations just in some of our big cities and some people that I know we're in Atlanta. But even if you're not in Atlanta, I have people in D.C. and Charlotte and Tennessee and Florida. I mean, just all over. So so definitely we can get you hooked up with somebody. All right. So I want to now kind of push the conversation a little bit to, you know, how did you guys meet? I mean, we've got I'm, I've been all up in your marriage. <laughs> and I still don't know how you guys met. How did you guys meet? Where did you meet? Oh wow! So we met. We met at North Carolina A and T. Um, that is Aggie Pride. Aggie Pride. Um, <laughs> had to get in there. Had to get in. You're not the only one. I've spoken to a lot of you in the last couple of days, and they all have the same chant. And I'm like, huh? <laughs> yes. Um, but we met first week. Um, a freshman, freshman, freshman. Oh my gosh! Yeah. yeah, my roommate was from Atlanta. Jabari was from Atlanta, um, and so they linked up, just kind of this Atlanta crew. And then we all just kind of got together as friends. And Jabari and I was just really best friends for like two years. And Jabari mm-hmm. plays a lot. Um, he's yeah. always coming up with some kind of. I know, whatever. Okay. He's always some sly comment like "Ooh, I'm gonna kiss your kneecaps and I'm like boy if you don't get out of my face like just <laughs> random stuff Rita um and then you know what was it junior in the sophomore year you know it was really like okay no he really serious like but we were like when I say you know, best, whatever date you say okay whatever we were really like best friends those mm-hmm. first two years just best friends um and we finally started dating I'll say junior year let's give him junior year um okay. and and that was that um, but we love our HBCU. When we think about our HBCU, we think about our love story um, and how it kind of came about and, and where we are today. Interesting. You know, I have several friends who went to HBCUs and they married, you know, their, their wives and their, their husbands, um, you know, came from the same school and that's how they met. So I love hearing those types of stories, actually, because I don't really know a lot of people who are still with their college sweetheart, I think is the term that they use. <laughs> Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Okay. Oh, we know a lot. Yeah, we do. We do. We, <laughs> have, we have a lot. Yeah, we, yep, we, we actually have a lot. So now you both went to an HBCU, North Carolina A&T, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I know that you are contributors to a book called The HBCU yeah. Experience, <laughs> North yeah. Carolina A&T University, second edition. I think I got all that. <laughs> So, I mean, with everything that you both do and then having, you know, the two kids, BJ in particular. Right. <laughs> Everybody knows BJ. Yeah. Everybody knows BJ. I know BJ now. BJ's BJ going to be fine. We're going to set this world on fire. They're going to take no shit. Oh, man. I mean, so how do you guys find the time to, to write a book um, with respect to your experience? Like, how, I mean, how did all this come about? How did your contribution to this book come about? And, and, and then I want to go into like, what, you know, what is the contribution? A little snippet of what your story actually is. Absolutely. Well, the HBCU experience, I think they started off probably about two or three years ago. This is the second edition from the A&T spot. Um, and we just had one of our girlfriends to reach out to us to hey, say, Stephanie, we want you guys, we would love for you guys to be contributor authors, um, just to really talk about our experience um, with HBCUs. In this time, in this space of the world that we're in right now, Rita, I think it's so important. You know, A&T is such an amazing um, school. Um, and HBCUs in general are such an amazing schools. I think it's important um, for us to go back to our schools and know that I am getting the same type of education that you may get from your Harvard 
expert, you know? And so this book for me is that contribution to talk to that high school senior or that mom of a high school senior that's Mm -hmm. telling you, hey, give us a look because we are the top HBCU for engineers, you know? Mm -hmm. So when our engineers are coming out here, they're going to your Lockheed Mars, they're going to your Amazons, they're going to your Boeings, and they're making these six figures just like these little boys from Harvard are. Mm-hmm. You know, so I can stand in this board boardroom um, as a therapist. I can stand in this boardroom as a doctor with my degree here too. Unfortunately, our HBCUs have not gotten the recognition um, that some of the Ivy League schools have. Mm-hmm. Um, and, so, and that is my kind of take on um, the, the purpose of this book um, and the reason why we are so passionate and for Jabari and I in particular, mm-hmm. um, so, so we, we're putting so much behind it. I want BJ to know, no, baby, you can go to this school and, you know, you are just as qualified as anybody else as an Ivy League school. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there, there's a misconception out there. And I, I think, I think mainly it's about, it's about more than a degree. A degree. I'm sorry. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. For me, you know, a lot of times I think as a high school student, you're choosing these institutions they solely offer their academic accolades, you know? Yeah. And um, that's not enough. That's not the end all be all when it comes to, you know, everyday life. Um, You know, you don't think about the relationships and the depth of the relationships that you may gain from people that look like you or people that had similar experience and similar backgrounds as you, you don't think about the, the wife that you may gain or the children that may come out Mm -hmm. of that union or um, the frat or the sorority mm-hmm. that you may that you may gain. I mean, there are just so many other boxes that go into a college experiences that I don't believe we consider when we're when we're when we're saying, "Hey, I want to go to Duke, or I want to go to Yale, or I want to go to Harvard." Okay, you're gonna go there, and then when you get there, mm-hmm. it is all about your academics. You may go to a party here and there, but it's not the same. You know, it's not the same vibe. It's not the same energy Mm -hmm. um, that you may be used to. And it's like, okay, what am I really here for? Okay, now it's just about getting out. You know, Mm -hmm. when you get out, you want to have something more than just that piece of paper and and that knowledge. Mm -hmm. And I think think we really gained that at A&T. Yeah, absolutely. I think that's a really important perspective because as you're saying, you know, what else are you getting out of college? What is the purpose? I think, unfortunately, a lot of uh, students, children, you know, I mean, I could think about my experience. You know, our parents are like, we didn't send you to college to go make no friends. Mm. We didn't send you to go have a good time. <laughs> like, this is not why you're there. You're there to get the grades and to get out. So I think some of us, when we were looking at schools, like you said, we weren't looking at, like, you know, when I went to was looking at at colleges. I wasn't thinking about what's the campus life. I wasn't thinking about what mm-hmm. programs and activities. I was just like, okay, I want to be a lawyer. Which which school has the you know the the best academic programs for law, and 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 things of that nature. Uh, but now, as an adult, I go back and I'm like, I mean, although I I mean I went to St. John's University and I was fortunate mm-hmm. enough to have a great uh, student population um, of individuals of color that really banded together. So I, so I, I would never trade my experience, but I have a lot of friends who unfortunately did not have great experiences because they didn't think about that when they were thinking about the school. And I think that, um, you know, the highlighting that within uh, the book and having that being pushed out, letting people know that there's more to college, there's more to the experience than academics is important. Yeah, Yeah, absolutely. That's it. Rita, half of our friends now are graduates, you know, of A&T with us. And and Mm -hmm. I'm not not talking as friends. Yeah, you can't say half. I'm not even talking friends. I'm talking brothers and sisters. Yeah, I'm talking about people that, yeah, that are godparents to our children now. You know, come pick us up when we've fallen. I mean, Mm -hmm. 
low points, high points, fun points, uh, everything um, surrounded about them. And so when we talk about this book, um, that's what Jabari and I talk about. Like that is, uh, we talk about our love story, you know, and yes, our love story is our marriage and our beautiful boys, but also our beautiful friends, you know, mm-hmm. and, and the love that we have gained and the trust and the <laughs> the camaraderie that we have, that we have with them now. Yeah. Um, so that, that's that quality of life, quality of life. I that, mean, they that definitely enhance that. Of life. Yeah. And it's, you know, and it's so, you know, interesting each, each time I speak to an individual, you know, even outside of, of this book um, about their experience, like you, you see like, and you feel like that wholesome, um, you know, that holistic package, right? Like it was, it was all around a great experience. And, you know, a lot of my, I, I would say all of my friends who did go, um, to HBCUs, they're all you know excellent in their field. They're all top in their field, um, and so you know, Jabari, you had talked about the misconception, and I think the misconception is there because there's just not enough awareness mm-hmm. about it. I was talking to a friend earlier. I think even I was talking to them um, about you know today's interview, and I was like, you know, I've never heard of North Carolina A and T from before. And and I'm I was nowhere in an engineering program. So maybe if I was, I would have. Um, you know, engineering, uh, math, that's not my thing. <laughs> I stay clear away from that. Um, but there are a lot of these schools uh that, especially when you're from the north and you just don't know about them. And then when you hear about them, it's like, wow, I would have considered going there or this is, you know, like how come I didn't know about this? Like where, where were these schools? And then you hear that, yeah, they've been around for a hundred years and you're like, really? Right. (laughs) Yeah. So I think, I don't think think the misconception can be totally attributed to the schools. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, there's a perception in this country that, you know, black is less than. So, yeah. So we, we naturally kind of say, Oh, it's, it's HBCU. Oh, that's a black school. It's got to be less than the shoot school mm-hmm. shoved down our throats on Saturday as we're watching college football or, mm-hmm. you know, as we're watching college basketball. Like, you know, as we, we're seeing those schools that are highly televised, we're saying, hey, okay, okay those schools are tier one, tier A, and mm-hmm. everything else is after that, you know? Yeah. So it's not, it's not you know, solely on the school. I, mm-hmm. I, I can't, I can't say that there's just this connotation uh, in this country about black being less. And that's yeah. Just- yeah. I, I definitely think so. Um, but that's why we have books like this that are out here changing oh, the yeah. narrative and changing yeah, the have- conversation. Absolutely. That's yes. what we're going to do. And so when, when is this book expected to drop? Because we definitely want to make sure that people get their hands on it. September 30th. September 30th. Yeah. We have been waiting and finally we are there. Okay. And so with that, uh, where would we find the book? Amazon. Yeah. Oh, Amazon. Oh, okay, Jabari. <laughs> Did you broker that deal? <laughs> I do whatever Jeff Bezos need me to do. Listen. <laughs> <laughs> All right, great. All right, great. And so I definitely would love for you guys to share your Instagram handles or Facebook handles because I know we weren't able to get so in depth with everything because, you know, one, you guys are amazing. And two, like there's just so much in there's so much more I feel like we can, you know, draw out of this conversation. We're gonna have to do like a part two or even three. But I know people are wondering, well, how do I get in contact with this Stephanie woman? Like I wanna know, I wanna learn more about this sex therapy thing or this marriage therapy thing, or how do I get in contact with Jabari? Because my wife is a psychologist and I want to know how can I, how do I continue on with life? <laughs> Absolutely. So I'm going to tell you right now, I suck at social media, but Jabari is way better. Okay. okay. But I will tell you my Instagram is the dope sex therapist. So that is the dope D O P E sex therapist. Um, and that is my IG. Um, I, I, I just don't post as much and I'm okay. trying to get better, but Jabari is better. So you'll see a lot of BJs on there, but it's open. So please, um, I do check my DMs and stuff. If someone calls and says, Hey Steph, I want to know this, but I would love to connect with you guys. 
Um, and on Facebook, I am the Instagram Center of Georgia. That is the name of my company here. Okay. So the Instagram Center of Georgia. Um, and that is my um, Facebook. Um, and Jabari's is what, babe? What are yours? Hmm? What are your uh, handles? Hmm? Oh, I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm like, I think she asked for your handles. No. <laughs> so, so my handle on Instagram is Jabari with all underscores in between every letter. So that's J underscore. A underscore B underscore A underscore R underscore I. Um, there are about two other handles that are on there. So Stephanie and I actually mm-hmm. started um, a vacation rental property last year in Dustin. Oh. Um, so Dustin, Florida, we got the nicest beaches in the country, if yes. you ask me. We've got the whitest sand. I mean, very sugary, powdery. Mm-hmm. You love to stick your toes in it. When you put your foot <laughs> in the water, you can still see it. Your foot, yes. Yes, oh. yeah, you can still mm-hmm. see it. So um, there's a there's an Instagram handle for that. That's book Dustin one oh seven. Okay. Uh, and if you go there, it'll take you to the Airbnb site, um, and you can find, figure out how to how to book and and, and lock in for mm-hmm. you know the holidays or next summer. All right. Um, also have we run for brew, which is on there too as well. But that's a big running club that we started with one of my frat brothers about four years ago now. Uh, okay. where we, where we run and take off from different breweries and, and, and share a beer afterwards. So that's interesting. Yeah. There's a lot, there's a lot to Jabari and Stephanie. A lot of layers, a lot of layers. We, we love bored. it. We love we it though. Bored. We get bored. <laughs> <laughs> well guys, thank you so much for taking the time to be on this show. I mean, I think this was a very enjoyable show, at least for me. Um, a lot of great content, a lot of great information, and I'm pretty sure the viewers will be as entertained as I was. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, thank you so much, Rita, for having us. We really appreciate it. Um, and we would love to connect with you guys, readers. You guys remember, go buy the book. We're so excited. Go buy the book. Go buy the book. Be it, give it a gift, a stocking warmer to some a senior, maybe that you know. Junior. Oh, yes. Junior. Yeah, junior, yeah. Yeah, junior as well, too. Or like you said, friends, uh, friends who have kids who are, you know, in high school that are starting to have those conversations. Yeah. So they they will not regret the decision at all. Yeah. Thank you, Rita. You're welcome. All right, everyone. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of According to RP on WJMS Radio. It's your girl, Rita Pierre, your host. And with that being said, we'll talk to you guys next week. You were listening to According to RP on WJMS Radio. About time you tuned in. Tune in each and every Sunday. I can't wait to come back. 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. It's all online.